as you A's fans know, we um, have uh, lost a couple uh, core pieces to the past generation of this Oakland A's um, this past week, um, which means that they have been inducted into the former Oakland Great Hall of Fame. Uh, Shout out Dallas Bryden, who um, gave us some love. Didn't give us some love, but he took our phrase and used it on TV today, which we're totally okay with. Um, so Julio, are you ready to induct some people into the former Oakland Great Hall of Fame? Absolutely. We're actually, <clears throat> God damn it. That was so embarrassing. Wow. That's a fine $5. We're going to be starting off with the veterans committee vote, AKA we didn't give him his due diligence in the last pod we recorded. Christian Gabriel Bethancourt, 2022. Oh. 2022. Elvis Augusto Andrus. 2021 through 2000. If you're going to do a Mexican like accent with it or a, his, a Latino accent, sorry. Um, I mean, I can get should, away with that. It should be like so much better. Yeah, but it's it's not good. <laughs> Lou Alp. <laughs> Lou Albert Trevino. 2018 to 2022. <laughs> oh, shit. Dallas Braden did acknowledge it. Yeah, I told you. <sighs> oh, okay. No, but I, I know that he did it, but I didn't know that he acknowledged on Twitter that, yeah. he, that he stole our that he stole I don't think he phrase. stole it. I think it's just, I don't know if it's a comment. He, 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 he borrowed it. He borrowed it. He borrowed it. He borrowed it. Anyways, Stephen Edward <clears throat> Biscotti, 2018 to 2022. Frentalis Montas. Didn't know that was his full... I've been calling him Franklin for all these years. 2017. You have been calling him Franklin for all these years. I just realized that. 2022. Ooh. Jed Carlson Lowry. It's going to be a little complicated. I can't wait to to hear how you're going to do this one. 2013 through 2014. 2016 through 2018, 2021 through 2022. This is definitely the second time we've added him to. Th- no, actually, no, no. 2019 is when he was on the Mets. When we, that's right, and then we started 2020. So, yeah. Gentlemen, your gift card to Casper's Hot Dogs will be on the way. Not Los Tres Amigos. No one's going to drive Dan Yonk. What? I, I would do it. You can take it. part now. I would do it. All right. Welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. That's Julio. I'm Chris. Um, today we are going to pay homage to the, what is the end of the, now officially I think the end of the Mats era at, of the Oakland A's because the last members of that, those teams are gone. So we're going to pay homage to that, talk about the impact of those players, all those players that Julio just said it been inducted to the former Oakland Hall of Fame. And we're going to talk about the new, the next uh, era of, of the Oakland A's. Um, you know, the players who we've been kind of talking about, we've, we've been wanting them to get their shot all year. Um, and what, what, what the best parts of their game are, what to look out for for the next few days. Um, the, how the bridge of the, 
they're not the guys left over from the last era, but they're the guys who kind of came in at the very end, like the like the the Murphys and the and the Tony Kemp's, and how they're gonna play a role with this next era as well. Um, do you want to start with a uh, favorite thing from the baseball week, or do you want to say that to the end? Yeah. So uh, Chris and I were talking about this over last night, and then um, this morning as well. As you know, we haven't been recording as much. Uh, it's a combination of I think both of our just personal lives with careers and shit has just really been we've been swamped so it's kind of been tough crazy schedules but also this team just is not fun to watch right now that being said there's we, not updates to give you guys every week it's like oh the a's lost again to the Marlins. yeah we oh, there's oh, other the people who are doing Astros. much better jobs of doing those things than I, I think we would be able to in this moment shout out to uh, uprooted excellent base ace twitter account and then of course our boy Mr. Alex Espinosa, Ricky Bloggs, the Ricky Henderson of Bloggs. Um, so we decided, hey, while this team is experimenting with what this, you know, is looking on the field, why don't we experiment what the show is going to be? So we instead of doing our usual big three segment, break segment, A's news, we're just going to be a little more organic, a little more loose with it. So our big- At least for the rest of this season, and then, you know, next season we'll... We'll so when they sign Aaron Judge in the offseason, when we're back to being excited about the team, we'll actually talk about the team a little more thoroughly. I guess. Aaron Judge, after all these years, finally in a Oakland A. Yeah, he just wanted to come home. That's all it came down to. Um, so yeah, so uh, the first thing, instead of doing our big three, what's, we're going to talk about, hey, what's been your favorite thing or our favorite thing or favorite things over the week? And we got to talk about everybody's favorite baseball deal. Albert Pools, he is now today with a home run against the Cubs. Keep in mind, this was a pinch hit home run to take the lead for the Cardinals. Um, he is now sitting at 693 career home runs. He is Ooh. seven away from 700. He is three away from passing A-Rod. Over the last 12 days, he's hit seven home runs. Holy Crap. Um, I don't think there's anybody who is not rooting for this. And I think this is the one one of the only things in baseball that will reunite everybody. Or unite everybody in terms of what you're rooting for. I think everybody in the baseball world is rooting for Do you watch him tomorrow get popped for roids? <sighs> Probably. It's too easy. I had to take it. Yeah. I mean, that's also, it's, you know, that red bird devil magic bullshit that happens every few years right we're now the mm-hmm. Cardinals. remember at the beginning of the year we, we've both been pretty high on the brewers the last few years and then this year i kind of changed my tone it's I'm not like, over for the brewers it's not over for the brewers we'll we'll check that out in a minute i'll do my th- check out the stats but um yeah, yeah. We can update the standings yeah check out the standings there but uh who would have thought this guy who he already said it's his final season. Uh, he's came out multiple times since then, since his, this crazy streak has been on. And he said, this is it. I'm done. Not coming back. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a betting man. Chris, you are. I think the Cardinals might be a really nice, you know, potential futures going into the, the postseason, in my opinion. Um, but besides that, Albert. Who would have thought? He's a part-time player, just hitting lefties. You know what? How are you feeling about this? I know you haven't had a chance to really pay too much attention to it, but it's like seeing this now. Like, how are you feeling? So let's let's break that down for a quick second. 
what you just said about the Cardinals being a futures bet. In each league, why don't you give me who you think are actual, real World Series contenders? Like, legitimate, like, World Series. Not like, oh, this team's pretty good. Like, like I, if if you were in Vegas and you could only had so many bets, you would bet th- this money. American League, it's just Yankees-Astros. And I, I'm losing a lot of faith in the Yankees. You don't like the like, Guardians? Or the Twins? I don't know. There's just, like, what's the, like, to me, it's, like, what's going to, I think both teams with the Astros and with the Yankees just have those guys who are, like, who's your it factor that's really going to push it over the top? Who has that experience? And it's really going to come down to a game of, like, rotations and pens. And so it's mm-hmm. really been the Astros rotation from day one of this, from day one of the season to now has just been top tier. Lance McCullers comes back and he's pitching well. Um, I, until mm. I see otherwise, I hate to say it, it's like it's, it's to me. I think the Astros are just going to go back again. It's just they've they've turned into the Warriors of baseball, and that they just are such a well run organization from top to bottom. They figure it out. They bring up. Guys who are Jordan Alvarez was on the Dodgers in the minor leagues. They traded him for a relief pitcher, and now he's like the arguably the best hitter in baseball, right? The National League is tricky because there's at least. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me comment on, right, on right. some things. Uh, it kills me to say that. I mean, yeah, I, th- th- I think those are the only two. It kills me to say to see what's going on with the White Sox this year because they are so fucking stacked with with top of this fucking league talent. But at the same time, I don't want them to make the playoffs because I want them to fire Tony La Russa because he's clearly the obvious problem with that team. It's the reason why they're not successful this year. I mean, they were good last year, but I think that that's just an overwhelming amount of talent just over, over just taking, you know, being better than the, what the coaching situation is. So even though they're only two games back, three games back from Cleveland, I mean, I, I think it's the best thing for them to not make these playoffs. But uh, I would say they are in there strictly on the talent, but. Yeah, I think on the American League, there's only two. Um, I think there's only two in the National League, too, though. I don't know. Well, Dodgers, I, the, the Dodgers really just haven't slowed down. The Braves, that was my World Series pick this year. Um, the, the Braves haven't slowed down. The Mets, look, haven't slowed down. They've been great all year. And I would even throw the Cardinals in there. I know their their pet, their rotation hasn't been as you know as good as I thought a lot of people were going to. Jordan Montgomery mm-hmm. just threw out a fucking complete game shutout today. <laughs> it's like, and like, I, and like, Arenado and Goldschmidt are just whacking the ball all over the place. Great defense in the infield. That's um, fine. That's all cute and dandy for the NL Central, but when it comes to an NLCS, I don't see them beating the Dodgers or the, or the Mets at all. I don't see them beating the Braves either. But I don't know if I have the Braves in that for sure contender um, tier anymore. I don't know why. They're very good, don't get me wrong, but like I just I look at the roster that the Mets and Dodgers have and it's just like overwhelming. I, the pitching, I mean the Braves pitching is really I'm talking myself into it a little bit now. The Braves pitching is probably better than than both of those teams though. So maybe All right, yeah, okay, the Braves are in that team. There you too. go. It's it's the, it's the <laughs> yeah. World Series winners coming out of the National League, man. It's just all those teams are so those three teams alone are just I so just stacked. I forget how sneaky stacked their rotation is. The Braves? The Braves. I always forget that. Like, every time I think about them, I just – and then and then you, you kind of, like, think about it for a second, and you're like, oh, wait, Max Freed. I mean, it would have been the Padres. 
But Padres doing Padre stuff like they usually do. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tatis kind of kills that a little yeah. bit. So. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe the cards do make a run with Albert there though. It, that'd be really cool. Would well, be a really storybook cool, end if you get seven hundred and he can go without with the World Series. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> It'll. It's honestly right. just the sports. Our our baseball year has been pretty bleak in terms of being Ace fans. So yeah. it's like you know what? Give us a storybook ending for one of the more beloved players of our. Of our generation, really. Like, fuck. Most yeah. legendary, one of the most legendary baseball games of all time. MVP Baseball 2004 with Pujols on the cover. Like, come on. I was talking about Pujols' impact with a friend who's a baseball fan this past weekend. And we were just, like, both, like, kind of reminiscing on, like, from 2000. Pretty much. Three. I think his rookie year was 2000, actually. I would say from 2000, 2003, though, to about 2000, whenever he went to the, the year before he went to the Angels. So that was two, what was that, 2011? 2011. Was the last year the with the Cardinals? The World Series he, he was like by far and away, if not the best player in baseball, the second best player in baseball, like for that entire stint. Like, and it doesn't, and like people just, I don't know, I feel like that has gone completely out of, people's minds because of the just disastrous angels years of kind of been how much he fell off during that time. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I have stuff. a, I have a, a favorite uh, a thing of the baseball week. I just thought of one. Okay. Uh, Sky bolt throwing up in the outfield in the middle of a game. That was <sighs> fucking hilarious to watch. Um, I didn't see it all over social media the next day. He's just like standing there and the cameras on him. Like the, the, NBC Sports Bay Area camera is on him, and he just kind of, like, makes a weird face. And he just kind of, like, spits a little spit uh, real quick on the ground and just bends over and just pukes in the fucking outfield. Just fucking pukes. It's disgusting and hilarious at the same time. Did you see my the, the tweet I put out for our account with that clip? Uh, I probably did, but I just I forgot what exactly he said. I will never forget this season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like, yep. Yeah. Yep. It was so great, though. Alrighty. Well, let's go get into some sad news. Let's go see all the guys that we've loved the last few years. Um, it's really... Well, it's the end of... It's the officially the end of the era. We knew that the era was ending this season, but it it uh, it didn't really, like, have an official ending. But I think... I think when the day that Jed and Piscotty were released was the official ending, and then the next day was just the icing on top of the cake when Elvis was traded or was was released. So let's start from what happened first, which was uh, the Frankie Montas trade. Uh, we're not going to really go too far into all the other trades that happened. Uh, we did call a Soto trade, so high five to each other for that one. Uh, but yeah, Frankie and Lou both going to the Yankees in exchange for JP Sears. Uh, uh, J- starter JP Sears can has been fucking killing it for us. Yeah. Well, Chuck, as well as outfielder Luis Medina and second baseman Cooper Bauman. Lou's actually been pretty solid from the times I've seen him out there. I was uh, there was a game two weeks ago with Yankee. Oh, it was the Yankees Mariners game that went to like the twelfth inning. I was watching it over here, and um, they brought in Lou in the extra innings. There was like a runner on second. I think the bases were loaded, and I'm like. I've seen You're this about story. To experience the full, the full experience yeah. of Lu- what is Lou Trevino. Yeah, I was like, I've seen this but, yeah. this movie too many times. I know what's going to happen, and he got out of it. So good, good for him. 
Uh, we yeah, can't see the same you know, curve. some people, some people just need to change the scenery, man. Some people just need to change the scenery. Yeah, and who would have thought New York was that place for him, really? Uh, yeah. But then we can't say the same for Frankie. Frankie's been kind of a disaster through his first two starts. He's given up six earned runs in both. Uh, not to make this about us or to how things have worked out on our end, but uh, JP Sears has looked pretty dang good so far in his time in the green. I called that too, and I want I want that to be said on this podcast. When we made that trade for those guys, um, the person who I highlighted in my tweet that day of was JP Sears, and it's because I looked at his stats in the minors in the past two seasons as well as his past seven starts this year in AAA, and the guy has just been absolutely unhittable. And the A's do this a lot. They'll get lower-end prospects that are lower-end, at least on the MLB pipeline or on Keith Law's um, rankings, and immediately fans freak out because it's like this guy's not even ranked in their top fucking 10 prospects. But it's guys who probably were on the lower end of the talent, like natural talent spectrum when they first came to the league. And this development just really worked hard on them and found something, and they are just really good. And the A's are really good at finding those guys that are that have been developed and undervalued in the minors and bring them over, and they kick ass for us. Um, uh, Chris Bassett was one of those guys. He was not a high pipeline ranked um, uh, uh, M- uh, minor league pitcher, but they brought him in and they kept going this development. I mean, remember Jarrell Cotton, who was great for us for two years? He was one of those guys. Was not the key piece in the trade, but he came in and, and did work like that. I mean, th- th- they're out there. Dude, you can even go back as as far as Dan Heron. Yeah. When we got him from No, uh, Dan Car- Heron was a major was a major piece of that. Oh, cuz he yeah, he pitched in the World Series. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was a major piece of that Molder trade. Um but anyway, I mean there's there there's been plenty of guys throughout the years who um yeah, they see value. So, they'll you know, they'll take the high the high pipeline prospect guy and then also take one of these complimentary guys and it and and usually the complimentary guy is the one that works out. I mean like Remember the Rich Hill trade, um, 2015, or was it 15 or 14? 16. Um, when they got, when they traded him to the Dodgers, him and Reddick? Yeah. Grant, Grant Holmes was the key piece of that trade. He was the number two pitcher in the Dodgers, um, minor league system. He has not done shit. Like, and then Jarrell Cotton came in. He was a solid starter for us for two and a half seasons. Um, and he was a part of that trade and he wasn't a high prospect guy. Anyway, I mean, just, I'm you guys so, get my point. No, you're, so, but I think another thing that benefits too is pitching in Oakland compared to pitching at Yankee Stadium. I'm, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, Dave Forrest, Billy Bean, they're looking through these metrics where it's like, oh, if you're pitching here, you're pitching significant. You're, all these numbers are dropping if you're pitching at the Coliseum because of that space. And you're starting to yeah. see it with some of the other guys who've been successful over the years. Like, you know, Sean Manaya's had a pretty bad year, straight up. We can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, not, and Petco is a pitcher's park, but it's not as pitcher friendly as Oakland is. Here's J.P. Sears' last three starts, um, or his three starts so far as an Oakland A. He's pitched 15.1 innings. Uh, he's given up three earned runs, struck out eight. Uh, but hitters are batting 241 against him, and he's got a mm-hmm. 1.76 ERA. His next start is actually coming up this weekend against his old team, then in the New York Yankees. So we'll see. It's we haven't had really had a chance to talk too much with our boy. Mr. Fortrain Savage himself, uh, Robbie Schlatter, to kind of get their opinion mm-hmm. on it. But I'm I'm assuming they're probably not too happy right now. No. Especially seeing what Jordan Montgomery's been doing. But we'll see. At, at the end of the day, look, we 
we hate the Yankees. We hate the Yankees. It's in our blood. We're always going to root for our guys, though. So, fingers crossed, Frankie can turn this around and really figure some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, and let's hope our the JP series keeps continuing. Um, and Lou is also the part of trade where we talked about him a little bit. Um, yeah. Next up was uh, kind of a, a a really surprise. Well, not super surprised, but um, Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry was officially DFA'd. Um, he was on he was on the IL for a little bit. He's yeah. been hurt all year. I I mean surprised, but not that big of a surprise. Yeah, he he had a couple nice weeks. Um, that at the end of the day, either let's see if you can go and get a spot on a as like a fifth bench player on a contender, or that's it's or that's it. It's it's. I was. It kind felt of like the, the A's were throwing him a bone this year by bringing him. Bringing yeah. Him back. Yeah. Totally. Now there's there's a few guys. I feel like we milked every ounce of baseball he had left in him last season. Um, I know you you were. Oh, I don't know if you're, it was going to be a separate thing, but like, what do you really see happening next to him? Like, is this it? He's thirty eight. Yeah, I'm. I think he's done. I don't know what his next career is in in baseball or what or what. I know he's a photographer, which is really cool. He's got a website and everything. Um, we when I was at C when I was at um, NBC Sports Bay Area, we. For all A's, I helped them work on a piece about him and his photography career that he does outside of baseball. It was pretty cool. Um, and the other but, thing, yeah. too, is, um, you know, he, the guy's so well-respected in the organization. I think the next time they do a, um, you know, whether whenever there's like a 75th anniversary team or when, you know, 10 years 100%. down the line, we do our next balloting of the A's Hall of Fame. Jed's going to be in there at one point. That guy, the fact that he's come back so many times, the fact that he produced so many times, we're always will remember and love everything Jed did. Fucking 2018 All-Star. He had MVP yeah. votes. That 2018 season was magical, man. And just to he'll, see him as a part of that. We'll see him around We'll see him around all the time. Uh, yeah, games and that, whatever celebrations. Will he get in the A's Hall of Fame? Probably not. I don't. I don't that, that's a. That's like a. That's a just as damn near just as difficult of a Hall of Fame to get into as the f- actual Hall of Fame. Dave Stewart just got inducted in there, bro. Think about no, that. No, his jersey's getting retired, not the A's Hall. I think he was like in the inaugural class of the Hall of Fame, the fan vote one. Well, good. He better have fucking been because the fact if if it would have taken this long, I would. It would have been ridiculous. Yeah, but um, besides that, dude, he's so he's beloved though. We're always all the memes we have of him, all of the nicknames. Come on. Greatest A second baseman of all time? Mark Ellis. Why Mark Ellis? Mark Ellis is never even all-star. That's a st- it's it's funny that Mark- Eric Chavez was never a short I was never an all-star. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that there was better third baseman like you no know, Sal Sal Bando played third, right? Or is it Joe yeah. Rudy? One of them played third. Carney. Joe Rudy was an outfielder. You can make the argument Chavi was just as talented, if not more talented, than all those guys. He's got all the gold gloves, never made an all-star. But Mark Ellis, dude, the guy was a rock at second. He was probably the most underrated defensive shorts, like second baseman of his era, if not maybe ever, because he never had any of those accolades. He was just steady as shit, man. I loved Mark Ellis. Is it, am I biased? Because that's what I – he was one of my favorite guys growing up, probably. But I think you can make the argument – that he would be the best, if not one of the best. I want to look it up while you think of yours. Remember, remember when uh when Jamal Weeks 
took Mark Ellis's spot, and then the next year Jamal Weeks hit like 220 all season. That sucked. And then they traded him for Jim Johnson. Jamal Weeks was fucking <laughs> disappointment. That's anyway, Jim Johnson. Anyways, I am um, looking up some of the. Uh, Gene Tennis is probably in that conversation. Actually. Here's our boy, uh, Mr. Martin Gallegos, wrote a piece about this in April 6, 2020, because guess what? There wasn't oh, much yeah. else going on during that time. Yeah. He put Eddie Collins. We're not counting that as number one. Max Bishop. Is that a Philadelphia Not days? counting that. Number three. Is that, Phil- is that Philadelphia They're both days? Philly. Yeah, then that's we're not counting that. Number three, Mark Ellis. Well, Martin, we have a bone to pick, sir. Mark that's Ellis fun. had a 990 fielding percentage. It's the highest among second basemen in club history. And then he had Jed fifth. Fourth was Dick Green. Whatever so. stat you said. All right. Uh, where would you rank Steven Piscotty in terms of Oakland A's right now? Uh, hey, look. 2018 was another magical season, and he was a major part of that. the success of that team. Hit like 260-something, which is like 280 in Oakland Coliseum. Had almost 30 home runs. Was a fucking was a just a defensive pillar out there and right with that massive arm that he has but you know it i just think there's too much that happened with his personal life that was just a little too emotional overwhelming and he was on and off the field for the next few years after that and it was a great trade to make for that time for that team but you know that that was that was it i love the guy i always will hometown hero i have a a shirt a hometown hero shirt that I will wear to games all the time, but yeah. So twenty eighteen his time was up. Uh, I could see him being like a being in, involved, like working for the organization. Um, twenty eighteen, he played one hundred and fifty one games. Um, to get a little more specific, twenty seven home runs, eighty eight RBIs, two sixty seven, three thirty one on base percentage, slugging of four ninety one. He never played a hundred games again after that. Yeah, just injuries. Injuries really blew up on him do you uh, yeah i think I'm, I'm in the same mindset he'll be around and whether it's you know immediately if he decides that's it i'm done or if it's gonna be down the year i know his his father and his the rest of his family were like a huge part of the ace community um, when it came mm. to you know als awareness and fundraising which that 2018 his first home run at fenway after his mom's passing is just again is such a magical year. There's so many things that happened throughout that time that we're just always going to remember as Ace fans. And that is, that's probably going to be the biggest one that year, if not the biggest. Um, but it, it's interesting. He's still pretty young player wise. He's 31. Yeah. Um, I think a team would be willing to take a shot on him. I think this, I think he'll pop, he's done playing this year. I think he should just probably relax if he is have some lingering injuries, get yourself in shape. Um, all that other great stuff. But uh, I don't know, man. Like a lot of guys like this, they'll like it. It like remember when Josh Fegley retired? Like the year after? Like like I don't know. I could see him kind of being like that. I feel like it's a little bit different for catchers, though. Like it, it is, it is. But I just like I don't know. He just he seems like one of those guys where it's just like okay, I've got no baseball left. But well, you know, you will see. I, I mean, I I could see a team taking a flyer on him as being a take a flyer of him, give him a spring training invite, see if he can hit, see if there's things you can help fix in his swing. Uh, if you get him in the right organization, 
who knows maybe there's some people who might know something that uh, they're like the A's weren't able to find over the last few years look at what yeah. look at look at what Joey Cowles become since he got left New York right? yeah like so I yeah. think he'll I think he'll still get a chance next year he's young enough um, he was also just outright released he wasn't been DFA so mm-hmm. that's interesting and then uh, Elvis Elvis left the building um, and what a way to go out you hit a home you hit your first home run against your former team and it was the game the go ahead game winner <laughs> in their stadium and then the following day you get released yeah and the fun part is we don't even need to speculate oh what's gonna happen now what's going he he's already got a new team he's on the White Sox he's their starting yeah. shortstop because Tim Anderson is hurt and also shout out to Glenn Kuyper he called that shit on the broadcast hmm what do you? How are you going to look back at these Elvis years now? Because it was, it was weird. I think it was just weird. You're gonna have to. People will have to remind me. Hey, remember when Elvis Andrews was on was a shortstop of the A's? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You know what I mean? Like because there, there was not like that. He wasn't on any playoff teams. They fell short last year, obviously. And look, I I've been saying it since day one about the Elvis trade. It was putting a bandaid on a on a on a fucking massive wound in hopes that it it that it would get us through. It would figure out the situation while allowing the A's to still be cheap, and it just it was never going to work out. It just never was. He wasn't going to be Marcus. He wasn't going to replace that that output that Marcus had in in for the A's in the lineup and. It just, yeah, it, it, it just was never, it was never going to be anything glorious. It was just going to be, this guy is a barely above average shortstop. He's going to go down with other A's shortstop legends like Steven Drew, Orlando Cabrera. <laughs> Steven Drew. Wow. That's yeah. That's name I've heard in a while. Uh, disguise Drew. Lowry came along and fixed that problem. <laughs> just... Came by, grabbed a cup of coffee. Mm. You need anything? Chad Albert, Pennington, he, not Chad Pennington. Cliff uh, Pennington. Cliff yeah, Pennington. but at least, but Cliff came in the org. He, he was uh, somebody who came yeah. through the system. Elvis, we had no expectations for him. Um, it it kind of sucks because like up until he when is that when he broke his I forgot what injury he had in 17, 18, or he just he couldn't hit anymore because remember when Elvis Elvis's first five years in Texas he was a he was a beast he was you know hitting well, for decent he was average. an average he hitter speed he, was, he, good he defense. was an average hitter yeah he could steal a base every once in a while he never really was had much pop no the most career home runs he had was 20 which that was yeah. probably juice ball era like that was that was yeah no no that was probably like you think so? I, I would assume those are like the World Series run years where everybody in that lineup was just fucking stacked. Uh, the year he had 20 was actually 20, 2017. Hmm. But check this out. He had one, yeah, juice two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years in a row where he stole at least 20 bases. That was a different game, though. When people were stealing the ball, were stealing bags more because they. they yeah, but that was, I think that was also bad. just. That was before he got injured. Once he got injured. I just don't, don't feel like anybody really steals more than 30 bases a, a season anymore. Even if you're, like, the fastest guy in the league, you don't steal that many bases anymore. Let's check out who the Major League still leaders are right now. Um, sure. But, yeah, it'll, I'm, I'm happy. I think the 
nobody's ever really, in my opinion, I don't think anybody's truly going to complain about his time as an A because at the end of the day, we knew, we all knew this wasn't on him. We all, like, nobody was ever no. going to be like, oh, screw you, Elvis. You never lived up to Marcus this year, blah, blah, blah. We're like, no, nah, this is just the ineptitude of ownership, not willing to pay a guy. I think Elvis, for yeah. his time in Oakland, he was a really cool dude. I think it sounded like the team really loved him, the players loved him, the fans loved him. And at the end of the day, like, that's those are the kind of things that will always kind of be around for A's fans. That's why we'll remember you. He's like, hey, were you cool? Great. There's a reason why there's some hey, were players you cool? who, were, even if they were good, we're like, nah, fuck Matt Holiday. We're no, we're not. Co- fuck John Lester. I mean, we we fuck Matt Holiday for a lot of other reasons, mainly because he didn't like it here very much either. But yeah, fuck John Lester. Well, let's not even get into John Lester. That that's an off season pod. Our top five most hated A's of all time. Um, but I know we were we were saying that um, the air is over. But there's like a thread, a sliver of this era that's still here, but it's going to be gone at the end of the year. And that's Tony Kemp and Chad Pender. They're both on the team, both pending free agents. We thought for sure both those guys were going to get moved. Tony Kemp is a pending free agent? Correct. He's going to be a free agent this coming offseason. I think we were both in the impression they're going to be moved, but at the end of the day, I don't think there was – there probably wasn't a market, and the market that was there, it probably just wasn't – a decent enough return. Um, other Tony guy, a free agent, twenty twenty four. TKs. Mm-hmm. Never mind. And then um, our, bo- our boy uh, Vogie, he's still around, but I think we both said he's not going anywhere. He's just gonna. He he yeah he came back to to get his foot into coaching. I I I mean I, I that's not confirmed. That's just a I think a pretty obvious and pretty um, safe assumption he'll, either he'll that on, or he's, he'll he's be on gonna go one on the of booth. the booth uh to re- replace dallas or no i'm sorry not necessarily the booth but he's gonna he'll be on tv i can see him doing pre-game post-game i've seen oh yeah maybe i don't know i i see him more as a i see him more as a as a coach a grit and grind every day in the clubhouse guy. i would love whether to see be, him well that could be in in one of the other organizations midland Las Vegas, and then in a couple of years he's up. He's up with the A's, but I could totally see him being like the bullpen coach next year, or something like that, or 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 being the you know the bench coach if if what's his face gets a manager job. Oh, he probably will. Yeah, no, he probably will in a couple a years. Um, yeah, he he'll be around. I, the the guys. Yeah. He came back here, and he they he probably told the team. I think mean, we were in the assumption that he probably told the team this is it. Like, let me leave with my dignity. And plus, he's probably teaching all these guys so much stuff. Yeah, I I would imagine. Not that none of these other guys were, but I'm saying I think it's a little bit different in a cat from a catcher's perspective than a lot of these other positions. Yeah, I mean, we're not blaming the other guys. Um, I would ima- I mean, I imagine he's pretty tight with the with some people in the front office and scouting, and he probably like mentioned to them like, yeah, I'd like to get into coaching, and then. Billy heard that and he's like, "Well, why don't you come over here? Well, you can play for a year, and then and then we'll we'll find a place for you." Like I can't, I that's just, I, I he doesn't seem like much of a studio guy. He doesn't seem like a TV guy. I don't know. I mean, ever since I saw his when he first bust out the ref with uh, John that Jones, shit is, I rewatched that this past season and it's still fucking holds yeah. Up. I'm like, oh, he's he's perfect. Like get him in the right situation. That guy's perfect. He's 
and there's probably so many things of him we don't really know unless we're in those mm-hmm. clubhouses, right? But yeah. um, yeah, I but Pender, this will be his last year's A. I, he's gonna yeah. go somewhere. He's probably gonna turn into an all star, and we're all just gonna be like, see, it, we were talking about Shayna when the last episode recorded. We're like, we all know he's gonna break on the right team. He's gonna become like a really yeah. good player. Just get yeah. in the right situation. Mm-hmm. But. As they say, as the sands I, of the hourglass fade, one uh, page close. Oh, one as one chapter ends, a new one starts. I always felt real quick. I always felt that he had like the potential of like. I'm trying to think of a great utility player right now in, in the league. Chris I don't Taylor. know why I'm blanking. Chris oh, Taylor. Yeah. I always yeah. felt like he had Chris Taylor potential, but the A's like just did not utilize him right. Like they didn't like they put him in really odd situations where he couldn't excel and like they constantly moved him around to where there was no like right when he would start playing really well in the outfield to be like all right cool now you gotta play shortstop and it's just like i don't know i always felt like he had that potential dude honestly in my opinion he should have been playing way more short shortstop over the last two years than he actually was i he's yes. got a fucking cannon i'm like that thing yeah. was so i like i would have rather seen him as the everyday shortstop last year over mm-hmm. elvis because elvis is consistent but there was there was definitely some plays um, where you were Elvis was a making them. You're like, oh, if this was Elvis a few years ago, he'd get that. There was, was actually he hurt in 2020 when when Chapman got hurt and they brought in Jake Lom to kind of fill the third base spot. Because like, I think he was. Because if he doesn't get hurt, like, I you know, I think that there's no rushing Chappie back. Because I remember they rushed him back because the playoffs were like right around the corner. Remember that? Like it was like it was a really weird situation. And then Chappie maybe has like a f- more of a recovery. And does, I don't know. I, I don't know. We can do this all day if we really want to. That was the year they. History. That was their best World Series chance that year. Fucking yep. stupid Astros. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I and thought that was even a great segue into break with the chapter thing. I know, but I just wanted to say something about that. Um, you didn't let me. You didn't let me follow up. You just went for it. It happened. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick it, break. It is what we'll it right is. Back. We'll be right back to talk about the new regime, and we'll get a little bit more positive, and maybe Julio will refill his red wine. Chris, you may, and uh, YouTube viewers, may have noticed there's some new additions to the A's mural zone. Yeah, I see a nice new All-Star Game poster. That's right. The place that gave me COVID. Looking beauty. It, it, mm-hmm. Actually, I, I, it wasn't the All-Star Game. It was, it was a work event. You were event. outside at the All-Star Game. I was, it was a I work event at Dave & Buster's. It's super embarrassing. I don't want to talk about it. At All-Star Game's really cool. I fuck... I fuck actually did you finish painting the okay. picture and then and then we can talk about Dave Busters real quick. Of course, we got the uh the matching fans, Chris right behind us from uh mm-hmm. A's game in uh Japan. Speaking Mine's kind of hard. You got to have to like you really have to look for it, which is I got to move it. I should make it more prominent. Yeah. But then right here is a uh, Ramon's rookie card. Nice. Shout out to Nick Million, birthday gift last year. Hell yeah. And then he also hit me up with the uh, Mark McGuire and Matt Olson rookie cards. But then this year for my birthday, this little thing right here is like five different cards from the 1972 A's. Nice. So you've got 
Gene Tennis. Say it yeah. in your mic. You got Gene Tennis, <laughs> Catfish, Raleigh, Blue Moon, and uh, Reggie. Hell yeah. That was uh, 72, I think, was Blue Moon's all-star season. Yeah, looking at some of those numbers on the back, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Yeah. There, that rotation was insane. Like, Catfish, Blue Moon, Vita Blue, and then there was one more that was a stud who was just not really talked about from that era. I can't Rick Monday? Who. Was Rick Monday on that team? No, he wasn't. Let's look it up. Oh, listen to Dodger baseball with Rick Monday. Oh, no, not Rick Monday. Rick Monday was on the A's. Oh, really? Yeah, he won a... Did he run a World Series on that 71 team? He did not. He was Rick not on Rick Monday. Now time for... Uh, Rick... <laughs> Dodger baseball. We'll talk about we'll talk ben about Vin Scully at the end. here with Rick Monday. Ken Holtzman. That's there we what go. I was think, trying to think of Ken Holtzman. We'll, Boom. We'll talk about Vin at the end because I realized we didn't really get a chance to talk about Vin. Um, but yeah, let's sure. first let's we're not here to talk about the past. And to quote the um, band Hall of Famer Rafael Palmeira, not here to talk about the past. I oh, know Mark McGuire said it. Not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the future, and now uh, we've got our first real. No, Rafael big... Palmero said I didn't do steroids, and then Mark period Palmero avoided all of those questions anyway. But we got to see some glimpses of our future over the last few weeks, Chris. Yeah. Um, well, first off, uh, JP Sears was pretty much inserted into the rotation. We talked about how great he's been so far, and then last week, Mister Bangaliers. Shanga Bang, Banga. We all like names. Uh, Shailing Lears finally got called up and, uh, and finally no hit a double in that first AB. First pitch. And then the following game, home run. Yes, and then yesterday, Sunday, mm-hmm. the 21st, he was a home run shot of the cycle. Um, now, Chris, I know we're talking about who we're most excited for about. For the future. Um, and I text you like at 12 o'clock at night. Uh, I, I may have been under the influence of uh, a substance. A marijuana substance. But I said. I don't see a reason why this team shouldn't rock with Murph and Shea as their future. Why not have just these two defensive stud catchers. Who are also just hit bombs we no team has done this before is it a logical reason to not have these two guys be your catcher and dh for the next five years and see what comes out of it we saw that this worked with jonah heim and 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 sean murphy that we had two top tier catchers and no matter what the off day there there was not going to be any lack of production in the batting order um now with this scenario you they're both so good that you can't afford to have one of them not being the order. And I am with you, man. I This is a strategy we have never seen before in baseball. We have never seen two catchers, two top-tier hitting catchers, always hitting in the lineup. Um, but I don't see why they shouldn't at least explore it. Now, the only issue I could see this having would be 
something to do with ego of whoever the catcher is that is not going to get as much time behind the plate, which is probably going to be, even though Shea Langeliers definitely can and probably will win a gold glove one day, he is not Sean Murphy, who is the best defensive catcher in the game right now. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard or read enough about their personalities to know how their egos are, but I would imagine that would be a little bit of ego stroke. But if you're winning, there is no ego issue because you're just like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My also, only- Shailen Jaleers, if he's the better hitter, power hitter, he shouldn't be catching as much. So you want to save his knees. My, don't, my only thing that would be a negative about it is you're pretty much forcing these guys to play more or less every day. Yeah. And you're not really, yeah. you know, there's no such, I don't think there's really um, like a, a, there's no such thing as like an everyday DH anymore. I think it's a lot more either, you know, guys are playing the field a little bit more or some teams just say, we don't believe the DH. We're just going to have a rotation of guys in that position. Um, the only team who really does it is Ota- is the Angels with Otani because mm. they don't have another choice. You can't you can't put them in the field. You can and it and in a way it's kind of hampered the Angels a little bit where mm-hmm. you're you know obviously Otani's one of the best players in baseball, but you're kind of being forced to play him in these situations even if the numbers don't match up with it. And that could be kind of the downside if you have both these guys going at the same time. Yeah, where it's like they both suck against lefties, but you kind of have to or against like right-handed pitcher whatever it could be but you have to keep them both in there because they're just so you know you they can change the game with the swing of that every at bat you never know and you don't want to change the position of one of these guys and be like all right maybe like maybe shay langeliers let's try and get him to play first more and he can or third base or something like that and he'll be that because but he's such a fucking good defensive catcher you're like wasting the talent so you don't want to do that either it's a weird scenario i yeah, I don't. Yeah, you kind of are forcing them to play every day. Uh, yeah, but dude, we seen we seen what they can do. The production, it 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 like I don't know. It just there's no there's no flaws. I don't know. Now, speaking of changing positions, I'm glad you brought this up because it's really just it, it the the hype is only going to be keep growing. Um, for the first time, was it last week, two weeks ago, Tyler Soderstrom was listed as a first baseman. And On MLB Pipeline. Yes, correct. But he's uh, been playing first base since since about June. If you look at his minor league um, like stats and you, you should look at his defense, like a number of games um playing defensively position he has just as many games at catcher as he does his first base this season so it's been going on for a while but pipeline just changed it i'm actually looking through because they um they just released the most up-to-date top 100 prospects of the season uh Mm -hmm. ranking so far and uh the a's are have four on the list so i'm looking through the list one by one but um it, this is a one. I think the one thing we kind of talked about in the past, whether I don't know if it's on the pod or just us conversating. I think the goal for this team right now is by this time next or next trade deadline next year, they should be a top ten, top fifteen farm system. 
And as much as a lot of a lot of us have been like berating some of these moves that they've made, I, I saw multiple you know baseball beat writers when they made the Frankie trade and they got Sears and um, and Wendell Chuck. This they gave the A's and F. But you really can't discredit. You don't know what these guys are going to be. And to kind of see the A's have four mm-hmm. guys. By the way, here's the four guys. Um, Shea Langeliers, 36. Tyler Soderstrom, 50. Ken Wudelchuk, 70. And then 100, Zach Galoff. Mm-hmm. I think Zach Galoff's just going to keep climbing yeah. that, too, as he keeps just getting better and better. Yeah, he's climbed that quick, man. He's He must be just killing it down there because he's been moving up that list fast this year. It's crazy. Like the Do- goddamn Dodgers, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the top one hundred. The Cardinals have six. So, um, uh, you, you, Han, you said that you think the A's this time trade deadline next year should be a top ten farm system. But how are they going to get there? Development. I think there's there's. I think this time next no year, there's no trade pieces to get more talent. I, I, I mean, they, the only they, real logical one would be Murph. It would yeah. be Murph, but it's like, I don't... We're both in the mindset. He's... He's he locked be up until 2027. There's, yeah. like, that would be so stupid to trade him. And Ramon. Ramon's the other guy. Maybe I you could sell a team on Paul Blackburn. But the reality is, I don't know how much better this farm is going to be growing. And now yeah. it's just going to get to the point is how well can you develop these guys? How can... Is Max Muncy really going to be, you know, the truth out of here? Um, I was going to say Denzel Ward. I'm like, no, Denzel Clark. He's been getting a lot of chatters while he's been making really great plays in the minors. Is he going to be the guy to come up? Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't see why they shouldn't be a top ten, top ten, top fifteen farm by next July because all these guys are just going to be developing, and becoming better players. They've in, in the past. You know what we've talked about before, fifteen through twenty, those draft years just bombed. But it seems like they're becoming a little more logical on what they want and where you know how they're going to get those guys. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we went through the list after the Chapman trade. Like Logan Davidson was one of their first round picks. Fucking been terrible. He just keeps falling down the the prospect list for the A's. Um, what's interesting to me about if we want to just stay on the Soderstrom subject real quick is how i think he's going to be up in the majors quicker than when they drafted him they originally expected because he's in double a right now he's kicking ass and taking names right now they have him projected as being a um up in the big leagues in 2024 but like if he keeps like being this good and progressing this fast through the system and developing this well like i don't see why he couldn't be a september call-up next season Absolutely. Absolutely. He's really been smashing the ball out there. Is he the guy Especially you're most... Because they can't figure out the first base situation either. Well, let's see. They um, John has really been hyping up the guy that we got from the Angels that was DFA'd. He... Um, oh, my God. What's his name again? Mm. But he's the guy that... At first base? Yeah, he's a first baseman. Uh, McKinnon. Oh, my God. Let me go look up his name right now. But uh, they would call him Baby Thor because he also just has long blonde hair. Yeah, David McKinnon. He's 28. Um, John was a pretty big fan of him. Shout out to John, Locked on Angels. 
as well as Super Halo Bros. Also, big shout out. I don't know if uh, you got a chance to watch Chris, but he actually, him and his brother, did a how to fix the Angels live stream for Bleacher Report. So, good shit on there. Nice. Um, but Davia, he's 28 year old, DFA'd by the Angels. There's really no spot for him on the team because of Jared Walsh, um, as well as like a couple other guys. And he was a big fan of him. He was really hyping it up. Um, but that's pretty much the only real depth we have right now. Is just him and Seth Brown hasn't been uh, the best first base option in terms of defense. But no. Shooter, shooter, so let me <laughs> let me ask you a question. Let's move on to, to shortstop then because we kind of have a situation brewing uh, at shortstop because Nick Allen is a future going to be a future goal glover at shortstop. I keep, I feel like we keep on saying that with a lot of players here, but like it's that that legit. Like clearly the A's clearly the front office is focused heavily on on um on defense, defense. In, in the past few drafts. Um and just well rounded players, but but definitely defense. And Nick Allen has been already killing it over at shortstop. Is Max Muncy going to be a shortstop at when his reign in the minors is done? That's my question. If you look up his scouting report, they say that he has above average defense. But, like, the scouting report when Nick Allen was there is, like, he is the best defensive shortstop that scouts have, like, seen in a long time. Probably not. So, it's like... So Muncy's probably futures at second base, right? It's funny because you think it'd be the other way around, right? Because he's shorter. Because Nick Allen's shorter, right? Yeah, and it 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 just kind of shows you how much our image of shortstops have changed over the last yeah. twenty five to thirty years. Because you know, shortstops are shorter guys, all this stuff, and then Cal Ripken comes along and pretty much changes yeah, our I mean, image of shortstop. Now every shortstop has to be at least six foot, right? Um, Pee Wee Reese, one of the greatest shortstops of all time for the Dodgers in the fifth in the forties and fifties. His name was Pee Wee because he was so fucking small. Yeah, um, no, I Nick Allen just seems like we'll see what, what his bat's gonna do. He's he was having some hot streaks, but um, yeah. at the end of the day, he looks like he's just gonna be a generational defensive shortstop already. There was a play tonight where it was the first inning, base were loaded, Oliver's already getting himself in trouble, and. Um, Nick Allen made like a pretty solid play to make a double play, and I was thinking like Elvis wouldn't have been able to get there, not to you know mm-hmm. write that pass to you know give crap it, to Elvis, but that's the reality of it. There's nothing wrong with just being a defensive generational shortstop. Like let's say he hits like 240 and has like 10 to 15 home runs, but he's a lights out at shortstop defensively. Like that's fine. That's totally fine. You know, probably bats like eight or nine or something like that. Like that's good. I mean. I I I would rather have a stud right there um, doing that. I, I forgot mean, who it was, but someone someone on Ace Twitter was comparing him to Dansby Swanson like uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I, I would I thought, be over the moon. I, I thought that was an interesting comparison because Dansby Swanson, though you know the first few years of his career, you know wasn't quite the the hitter that people expected him to be. I think he was like the number two pick overall. But this past year, he's been killing it with his bat. So I I don't know that was an interesting, interesting I think comparison. The, I think the best comparison is probably Andrelton Simmons. I would love an Andrelton Simmons, which like Andrelton Simmons, he, all at, you know, in a good year, Andrelton Simmons is hitting like two fifty and twenty home runs. Like like that's cool with me. Yeah, like I'm looking at Simmons' number right now. 
yeah, he was never uh, the most home runs he hit was 17. And yeah. know, his highest batting average, he hit 292. Or 290, yeah, 292 one year. Um, but just what you got was just stud defensive shortstop who was an absolute rock. He caught everything. And if Nick Allen can get, dude, even just that, cool, perfect. Because guess what? Yeah. That's going to make your pitchers better. That's going to make the rest of your infield better if you're just going out there making plays every day. Um, exactly. But long story short, no, I don't see Matt. Max Muncy taking that spot. They're going to find a way to get him somewhere in the infield. Yeah. Maybe you can put him at second. I know third is Galoff plays no, third. No, Ga- right? Galoff is – yeah, I think that he's got that locked up. He's he's killing on both ends, of the, both sides of the ball. He's not Matt Chapman, but he's. they said he's pretty good, like, over you know, above average defensively at third. And he's – Jesus Christ, he's 22. Fantastic hitter already. Yeah. yeah he'll be he'll – be, he'll probably be a September call-up next year too, I would say. Dude, yeah, he's in uh, 2022, 287, nine steals, nine home runs, 47 RBIs. Yeah. And I don't have his. He was out of college. It doesn't surprise me that he's, you know, already 22. Now, who is your, before we, we go on to more chatter about these future guys, do you have a, a player or two that you are most excited for over these next few years to see, like, what's, what are they going to bloom into? Um, yeah, we just talked about him, Nick Allen. Nick Allen, I'm, curi- I'm curious as to what's going to happen with him because he killed it in spring training, so it like gave me a lot of high hopes on him. And I've been talking about him all year. You know, you always say that he's my guy because he is. Um, and we've seen what he can do defensively, but I'm curious. It, it, I don't know. I just don't feel like we have a good picture of what offensively he, he, he's the type of player he is. You know what I mean? He really is your guy because I'm telling you, you've probably been talking about him since like probably almost close to day one of us recording. You've been talking about yeah. him for a long time, so you've been on him, and I think it's it's rightfully so. Like he's looked like the part at least defensively in his short yeah. time in the major so far. I what would say you? from I look at the end of the day. I'm really excited for what these core like five guys are going to be. Mm. Um, I think they've actually this is probably the more optimistic I felt with like um, guys that they're bringing up in some time. Uh, but I'm so hyped on what Tyler Soderstrom is going to do, just because he's just hitting fucking taters all over the place and just mm-hmm. seems so effortless the way he does it. I, I was, his numbers overall don't look great right now i know it's like his average isn't great his on base percentage i saw strikeout numbers the other day and it was just astronaut he's striking out way too much but that's yeah. why that's why you play double a ball you figure that shit out help your coaches fix it um but he's it's got just, the most be, natural talent of everybody coming into this yes, next era absolutely and it would just be kind of funny if you know we trade matt olson and we have a two three-year gap and then all of a sudden we have another Matt Olson, except so I, he's not a lefty. I was just about to say that everything you're saying about him in terms of like how his what his journey has been so far in the minors, that's Matt Olson's like literal story, like damn near to a T. He had so much natural talent. He was drafted straight out of high school by the A's. He struggled a lot um, in the lower minors, and then the year before he got called up, he just started 
fucking raking it in triple a just hitting home runs all over the place and then he comes up and he just he just kills it like that's that's literally what Olsen's story was so the fact that he's struggling and trying to find his swing a little bit i think you know that's just wear and tear of young development so i think i think i think it'll be i think it'll be all right i want to change my answer jp sears I want that to be that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He, and he based on what have we seen with him in, in an A's uniform already so far, I was hyped on him when he came over. And you never really know with those guys. It's like, oh, maybe he just had one good year in the minors. But, like, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for him. So, I think um, – and and I, I, I just love the underdog story. He was not the key piece of that trade. No one was happy about it. But in a couple of years, he's the number two guy in our rotation. I'll be ecstatic. I was just about to say my 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 runner up would be uh, Ken Waldachuk, the, yeah. uh, the other key piece in the Yankees trade. He was a part of the Future Stars team this year. Yeah, it was him, Jason Dominguez, and Anthony Volpe. So the, I was when I saw that he was one of the key pieces coming over in that Frankie trade when everybody was freaking out and you know the you know the oh we're doing it again. I'm like he could be an absolute stud. Um, well, one. He's a California kid, born in San Diego, mm-hmm. went to college in St. Mary's. You, you've already won a silver, right? Yeah. Um, and so far, and um, he's had um, he starts. He's pitching twenty games in the minors so far this season. Sub three ERA. And now I, I'm going to be interested to see how the rest of this month is going to go pitching in Vegas, knowing that like the PCL league is just absolutely hitter friendly. If he can manage his way through that. And kind of give the production of pitching that we've been looking for out of, um, you know, Grant Holmes and, uh, you know, other guys who are kind of around that area who just didn't really work out. We can be really onto something. Um, but before we end the pod, there's one fun thing we wanted to do when it came to all these future guys. Can I ask you just a quick question before we do that? Yes. Because I don't think that Sears or, I don't know, Waldenchuk are aces Waldachuk Waldachuk I don't think they're aces so who do you think is going to be the ace of the A's I think that it is on the roster now I think it, he or he is in the organization and he's on the roster now I don't think that we're gonna have to find someone uh, outside of like trade for someone you're gonna say Cole or James Caprillion huh no no I'm I don't know about him man I don't I don't know if he's he's getting he's old he's already old too I mean, um, yeah, but so was Chris Bassett. That's true. I, I don't think I don't think he, I don't think it's him though. I don't think it's him. They're already on this current A's roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cole Irvin's been a monster last no. month. I think it's AJ, AJ? Puck. Mm-hmm. Really? I think this offseason they move him back to starter because, I mean, that dude, his second Tommy John really slowed him down in his development and it just felt like they were just trying to find a spot for him. Now is the perfect time to move him back to the starter and let him like, kind of like, you know, be the guy that they were hoping he was going to be. Um, because they don't, they don't, it's just pure rebuild now. And they don't really have any other, I mean, they have guys to fill rotation spots, but they don't have like a, a they don't have anybody who has the talent like him to like kind of lead the rotation. Now let's play this game. Let's play the what's you know. Twenty twenty five. What's the rotation? It is the twenty twenty five. The first year in Howard's terminal. Mm-hmm. The, uh, not, the 
Los Three Amigos Stadium. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're looking at a potential. Let's say. Let's just play our imaginary game, saying the the progression of these guys actually happens and everybody stays healthy. Yada yada yada. Our potential A's rotation could be AJ Puck. I think Cole. I think Cole Irvin's going to be there. He's, I think he's really shown me a lot this year. That well, he's a free, agent, free. He's a free agent in twenty twenty six. No, he's locked up for or twenty six. He's a free agent. For my, if I remember right, he's on this team for a bit. He's not going anywhere anytime soon, at least. Twenty twenty seven. Sorry. Okay. Cap will be there. Will it be as effective? Will it be a number three starter? Will it be a one? Will it be a five guy? We'll see. I think Cap will still be around. They have the control, and I think there's definitely some stuff they can work with them there. Mm. And then you're going to have J.P. Sears, and then you're also going to have um, uh, Wondolchuk. But then you yeah. also have these wild card factors. They traded, like, Brett Honeycutt was a guy that we were, I was excited about when they traded for him in the offseason. Honeywell? For the Rays. What was that? Honeywell? Honeywell, thank you. Honeywell. Honeycutt, just Honeycutt, Rick Honeycutt. Pitcher, coach, anyways. Um, I was excited in the offseason just because, you know, he, he had pitched pretty solid in random numbers. He's now starting to come back from injuries, been pitching a little bit in the minors. He could be a, a wild card. There's also some guys maybe in Vegas and, and, Double A, triple A, we don't even know about yet. That could come around. What if Adam Aller does take a second turn? What if JT Jin actually comes around and kind of steps up? And um, mm. is there anybody I'm missing in that rotation that you could see being around? I hear you, but also Paul Blackburn is is signed until 2026. So if they don't trade him, he's got a factor in here as well. And he's our best pitcher on on the rotation currently. I don't know. I, well, I think Cole Irvin's the Cole best Urban. rotation guy now. And just after he's it was a magical start, player. it was definitely a highlight of the season, seeing how well he's performed. We just we got to see if it's a long, if he can actually sustain this. That's the thing I'm a little nervous about. He's a journeyman dude. But you have to say, you. but you also have to say that about James Caprillion. Like, there's nothing about his history so far that is sustainable. He came out the gates guns ablazing last year for about two months, and then he slowed down, injury, and then he had the injury this offseason. I would I would say the only thing is just the, even though it was years ago now at this point I guess the capital of what, the draft capital or the trade capital of him being like the guy and those pieces like. I guess I I would give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt besides that but I get what you mean. I mean, wasn't Rich Hill a journeyman and we got quite a bit out of the, that his trade. Yeah, that's true. The A's find ways to just flip these dudes around. I don't know. Maybe Ben Zobris was a rental. We got Sean Manai out of it. A, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe Paul Blackburn being an a, a Antioch Brentwood guy, I'm a little biased, but uh, I would yeah. hope that I, I would like. If, I think it'd be cool to see a rotation in 2025 for whatever. Um, led off with AJ Puck. Paul Blackburn's his number two starter in that rotation. Uh, because he's the you gotta have a veteran in rotation too, which is you know kind of grounds it, and then you got fucking Waldachuk, J.P. Sears, and like whoever after that, whether that be Cole Irvin or whatever. My only concern with AJ is the fact that he's he's already twenty seven, so again, older pitcher, he's just gonna be figures out a little bit later than everybody else, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're helping this team. <laughs> 
Uh, Caprillion's twenty-eight. I mean, uh, what? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, but if you think about it, you know, outside of when we were kids and the big three was going on, if, if you look at the last ten years, it, it's not like any of these rotation guys who are part of these these runs were young kids. Besides Sonny, besides Lazardo, most of the time it has been guys who've been in their you know late twenties. Late blooming in their early thirties kind yeah. of guys. Most of the time, it's been like that. So, that's just how this team. Jared runs. Parker. He was pretty young. No, he wasn't like Sonny young. Sonny was a baby when he came up. I mean, he was like what twenty four or something. Jared Parker. Oh yeah, actually, Jared Parker was pretty. Jared Parker was twenty four. Mm. But then Sonny. Oh, I think Sonny was twenty thirteen. He came up. Oh, he's also 24. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then your infield, I think we can both agree. But Jer- Jared Parker wasn't the – Jared Parker wasn't like – he wasn't like this this star coming out of the mine. He wasn't like – he wasn't the top prospect. I mean, like that's what Sonny and AJ were. AJ was the number one prospect in our system for like two years before he got hurt. Sonny – 2015 Sonny finishing third in ER you, and Cy Young. What are you hanging about? No, I'm, I'm just looking at Sonny. I just got lost on Sonny Gray's stats this time in Oakland. Oh. Anyways. All right. Uh, what'd you ask me? Sorry. Before that. Uh, and then let's fill out the infield. I think we can both agree it's going to be Murph okay. or Shea behind the plate. If not both. If not both. Yes. Yeah, then Soderstrom at Soderstrom at first, uh, Max Muncy at second, Nick Allen at short, Zach Geloff at third, and then the outfield is where it gets really tricky because it's hopefully Christian Pache in center, but then who's the rest of the outfield? Yeah, we don't know. That's and that's I think if they're going to be making additional trades in the off season, if they're going to give up, yeah, if Ramon is going to be shipped or if Murph's going to be shipped, that's where you got to plug it in. That's the biggest problem right now is this team. We don't really have a real definitive answer in the outfield in the in the future. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, here I'm pulling up the A's top thirty prospects. I don't think there's a lot of outfielders. Denzel Clark, I think, is the only guy. Henry Bolt. Oh, Bolt! Yeah, he was the dude that was taken in just the second him? round. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, there's not a lot. Yeah, Denzel Clark. He's making a lot of. He's making some big plays. I've seen him all over um, the farm to farm to fame Instagram. Hmm. Um, Yeah, twenty twenty two. He's fifteen home runs, twenty six steals, batting two sixty three, three seventy six on base percentage. Looking great so far. Cousin of Josh Naylor. Look at that. We have a shit ton of infielders, so maybe we can. Maybe there's a minor league trade out there that he doesn't done or something all right julio um i think that's it same time next month <laughs> uh we are going to be on the um uh ricky henderson of blogs podcast with our boy alex so um we'll tweet out those details when that episode is gonna be happening but yeah we we're gonna He's, he, he wants us to come on his pod, so we're going to come join him, and I don't even know what we're talking about, so that'll be fun. 
We'll never know. We, we always get into hijinks with Alex. It's always a good time chatting. I know. I, I love how much of a wild card Alex is. It's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, wow. A special guest. Oh, she's not going to let me pick her up. Evie just decided to oh. walk in. So she like actually busted open the door. That was pretty funny. Why um, would she let you pick her up? She's too far out of reach. Okay. All right. Um, we will be back soon and uh also keep a lookout for us on ricky blogs pod um any any other, anything else julio am i missing anything um uh, yeah on twitter well, if you don't already yeah we're, we're we're getting i think we're like 1061 followers last Something time like that, so, yeah. um you know try to be as active as we can on there um have some of the fun when we can at the end of the day it's we just we love this team mm-hmm. they they bum us out to put us in ebbs and flows, but hey, this is what we get for having your basketball team being the biggest, baddest team in NBA history. It's yeah, it's the Golden State Warriors and the and Raider season starting up, and we got a pretty damn good team <sighs> in sport as well. So we'll be we'll be all right, Julio. All right, Julio. Last but not least, let's go, Oakland. We suck Yay. on the field and in the stands. Boom. <laughs> Oh man, that should have been my. All right, that's gonna. Uh, that's also really, really quick. That's also my favorite thing of the baseball week is that some some dude got his, got some dome up in the third deck. Allegedly, allegedly. Good for, for good for that guy. Okay, bye. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.